Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. We are a member of the Believe Sports Network. Believe is the number one sports and podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? My name is Mark Sarianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today on our program, we're going to be talking to the author of this book, Martial Art Over 50, One Man's Dream, The Inner Aspect. It's a really good book. Uh, James Killingsworth is a martial arts practitioner. He's a teacher. He's an author. He's a retired pharmacist, uh, an all-around really interesting guy, and I really liked this book. I recommend this book highly. Uh, it has very practical advice. It has such chapters as nutrition, uh, stretching, avoiding injuries, sparring mind, the value of forms, tournament preparation. My friends at TKKD go for the gold, Master Erica Lindhorst. I sent her a copy of this book. I don't know if she's received it yet, but this is a great book for people that are trying to avoid injuries and dealing with the issues as they age up in the martial arts, a topic we have talked about on many occasions. Before I go further, before we get further into the show, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla is coming out this week, a much anticipated movie. And do you know that you could actually go to our sponsor, Bet Online, and, and bet on who you think is the uh, winner of that, whether you're in, in Team Kong or Team Godzilla? Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and other action too, entertainment action. March Madness is upon us, and Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and the odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. I want you to head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online your online sports experts. And it's a lot of fun and I don't really bet, but I like to go and see when the Oscars are coming up, they'll, they'll have betting on that and you know, all that sort of stuff. Like I said, the most fun one that I saw, if you're a non-sports person was, are you on Team Kong or King Godzilla? So we're gonna get into the program. We're gonna talk to James Killingsworth. I recommend this book is available uh, for pre-order today, which is the day we're recording, but not the day we're releasing, uh, March 29th. Uh, it is going to be available next month from Amazon and from everywhere that books are sold. I think it's a valuable resource, and uh, I want to thank James Kellingworth for coming on our program. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you on the mat, and I hope you're well and safe. Hello, how are you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, can you see me yet? No, I cannot. I see a photograph, but not, it's uh, my wife. <laughs> yes, very nice. How are you? Yeah, I can see you well. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, terrific. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. And first of all, I'd just like to say that, you know, you honor me because I've looked at your interviews before and you have all these grandmasters on there and movie stars and people that are legends in martial art. And here I am just an old guy. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled. 
Well, it's my pleasure, and and hardly I'm excited to talk to you, and and I think that uh, it's it's my goal, hopefully, to um, after reading your book, and and I'll introduce you in a moment, but to to expose people to your fine work, and and I think that you really have done a a great service to the to the martial arts community. So we're talking today. Uh, good morning to uh, James Killingsworth, a martial artist and an author. Um, I'm going to put, of course, in our links. Um, links to his book. Your book is called A Martial Art Over 50, One Man's Dream, The Inner Aspect. And this book actually, I believe, is available on pre-order today, the day we're filming. Uh, we're going to release a little later, but we're, we're filming um, today. And I believe today is the day that it actually uh, it, uh, is live on Amazon for pre-order. So congratulations, sir. And thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks again, Mark. I, um, I, I had a chance to read the book from cover to cover. I'm going to read it again. Uh, but for, for those in our audience, I think that this is a very unusual book, and I'm going to ask you some specific questions. But one of the things that's unusual is that there are many martial arts books out there, and some of them are philosophy, and many of them are very specific to um, technique, whether it be forms, um, whether it be how to be a better spar. But your book does... Um, quite a bit more it's it's a very very practical book for understanding the physiology of the martial artist understanding the physiology of the aging martial artist uh and providing some practical uh things it, it does include mindset it does include sparring but a lot about understanding your body and understanding how your bot the body interplays and understanding how to avoid injury and things of that nature which for me is particularly relevant so that's very relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and I learned a lot from it. So, so I thank you for that. So, let's take it back a little bit. Um, I know that you are an ATA martial artist. I was going back through our um, through our uh, folks that we've spoken to. Actually, I think our second or third cover was uh, a young lady who was a ATA national um, a champion. So, uh, we we have people from all over the martial arts world. Many of them come from the Kukiwan. Uh, area of martial arts, uh, some from obviously from ITF, and then we have a good portion that are from, from ATA. So tell me about, you didn't get started, uh, well, you got started a little early, but you, you, your recent iteration in martial arts is a little later in life. Tell us, tell me how you got started. Well, uh, you know, for several years, we were in New York, not far from where you are, Warwick. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, we were with an unusual group of people. I won't go into it, but it had some very unique things that, that I've never seen anywhere else in the world. And one of them were these uh, sacred dances that were brought back from monasteries in Asia uh, that had been practiced for centuries and, um, you know, passed down from generation to generation without change, which is unusual. And we were lucky enough to participate in these, we, we just called them movements. And they were very interesting. They each part of the body was performing a different posture or movement at the same time. And these movements were choreographed with special move, special music just for that particular movement. And then some of them had a mental aspect in it, which maybe you would recognize as a sort of a mantra. And so these were tremendously difficult movements. Uh, we spent six years doing them and, uh, 
you know, they were basic, they were uh, obligatory movements, intermediate and advanced. And uh, after six years, we only got to intermediate. So just wow. how difficult. But these movements opened me up to many things about my inner life and what I wanted out of life and what had existed before. And uh, when we moved back and started a family back to Texas, uh, we were looking for things that we called them three centered activities, which is the body, the, the mind and the, and the feeling. And uh, since I had been martial art when I was young, we thought that martial art might be a good thing to go into because we wanted our children to experience this, this unique way of, 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 of manifesting and the, the inner growth that I thought was possible for them. And so uh, since forms were very similar to these movements, uh, we thought that uh, Taekwondo would be a good thing. And so we enrolled in uh, a school that was affiliated with the ATA, the American Taekwondo Association. And our kids loved it, you know, they really loved it. And so after uh, several months, uh, my wife Sherry and I decided that we would do it too. And uh, so our kids were always two belts ahead of us. And uh, it, Mark, it was one of the most remarkable times of my life when our kids actually taught us a lot of Taekwondo. Sure, sure. That's <laughs> and, you know, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I can relate, I can relate. Because their, their, their ability to, to process the stuff and pick it up and their ability to move their bodies is, is so, they're, they're so natural in many ways. There's a lot we can learn from, from our own kids. Well, also, you know, I realized then that, you know, you have these relationships, you have your family relationships, say you have your, 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 you're the, the father, you're the dad, you're also uh, the husband, you have a professional life, uh, you have all the things you like to do, hunting and fishing or whatever, but then to have the whole family uh, participate in something that each of them has a uh, a goal toward and the whole family is going toward this goal. It's a whole different kind of relationship. And I valued that tremendously. That's wonderful. And, and that is one of the things that I've, I've really uh, enjoyed. And one of the things we've talked about, I've talked about in the past is that there's been this sort of a little transformation in the practice of the martial arts um, that's really positive, which is that, you know, when I was young and, and got started in the martial arts, it was largely a uh, very male-centered uh, adult um, activity. And as time has changed, it's become a family-centered activity. And there's a, been a great opportunity for families to train together. And I know in the Dojang where I've been for you know forever, uh, it is really nice to see. And sometimes the parents come in first, but more usual today is the kids start training and that draws mom and dad or mom or dad onto the mat. And then all of a sudden, and as you said, you might have a black belt child and mom and dad catching up there, getting rooted on by, by a younger. And sometimes the parents continue, the kids don't and vice versa, but it does become a family activity. And, and that, and that is great. And it's, 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 it's very personal and it's very, you know, and everybody can sort of train at their own level. So that's great. Now you're, for those again, who aren't that familiar with you, you have an unusual background in the sense that your professional life um, sort of combined with your training 
I think made the writing of this book um, so much more powerful. Tell us about what it is that you that you have done professionally, what your professional career is, and and how that relates to the writing of this book and your practice of martial arts. Okay, well, uh, well, I'm a pharmacist by profession. I've been a pharmacist for over 45 years. Uh, before that, I was a, a flight instructor. Uh, I was a plumber. <laughs> I was an appliance repair man, and I had all the building trades. And then later on in life, I decided to uh, increase my profession to a, an author. So That's great. I thought I'd have to stab at that, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's interesting. It, I'm, I'm going to divert, uh, diverge here just for a second, but one of my great mentors, I asked him, you know, uh, should I specialize in something, uh, in my professional life? And he said, well, Jim, he said, there's two ways to look at it. He says, you can go ahead and, and specialize in something. But just remember that you're, you're going to learn more and more about less and less, and you're going to maybe forget about everything else, you know? He says there's another way to look at it. He said, try to build up many different and varied experiences in life so that you can kind of orient yourself toward what you really like in life. And once you, if, if you get a certain basic ability in all these different activities, then you will have this build up this capacity for doing. And so whatever you go into, you will take that with you. And then after you finally decide or orient yourself toward an aim that you really want, then go ahead and specialize in it. Okay. So that's, that's the way I decided to, to pattern my life. And it was a very powerful time when I started. Very Renaissance approach to, uh, to, to, to life. And I think it is very, um, different from the way that many people think about it in the sense that I think to some degree, people are somewhat programmed today and encouraged to lock onto something and go very, very deep in, in something. And they, they, they may know a lot about one thing and almost nothing about anything else. And, and that can be very, very difficult, especially in changing times, in changing times in terms of industries change, people's career path changes, and sometimes people are left very, very empty because of the fact that they don't have a broad understanding. Now, your understanding of the human body is is really, really great. And I, I think that your ability to um, talk about uh, what the martial artist needs and the issues of, uh, of stretching and preparing, it, you know, is very, very well considered in this book and it's very well explained with photographs and with a discussion where does your your great understanding of the human um, body and musculature come from is it from your training as a pharmacist is that just from your own study from from taekwondo from a combination of those things but where does it come from but it's very very apparent when you read this book that you really do understand the human body as well as anybody that i've ever um read about uh, what a great question <laughs> that we can talk about that a long time, but I guess generally uh, speaking, uh, I, like I, I went to college to try to understand life. I thought that, that college education would help me understand the questions that I had in life. Um, and so I went into college with the same idea that I went into life with. It's that I, I was very interested in psychology. And then uh, after a period of time, I realized that psychology was based 
much of psychology is based on physiology. So I took a course in physiological psychology and man, that just really opened me up. And then I realized, doggone, in order to understand psychology, if it has a physical basis, then I have to go into to biology. And then, wow, you know, as I got into biology, I shifted into biology. Then I realized, gosh, all of biology is based on chemistry. And then, and then I went into chemistry and then, wow, I thought, well, all chemistry is based on physics. I got to go into physics. And then, you know, of course, physics is nothing but math. And back then, and I didn't understand, but it was kind of like a, as I said, a science onion that I had to peel back the layers. And I was looking for the, the essence of that, which upon all the layers depended. And what I finally came to realize was that uh, each layer was uh, affected by the layer on top of it and the layer below it. And so I started to think about, well, the real essence is not something that is you can just find, but it's a, the totality of the understanding of where everything fit. And then uh, that I'm, I'm digress just a little bit different. Okay. You've got knowledge over here and, you know, a man can amass all kinds of knowledge, but knowledge by itself is, is just knowledge. Uh, but you also have to have experience of that knowledge in order to get understanding. So if you take the knowledge and you have experience with that knowledge that you get understanding and understanding is the fundamental thing that raises one's level of being in life, understanding. So always, it was always my goal to search for understanding. And once you have the understanding, then nobody can take that away from you. That's great. That's great. I love that. I think that is very uh, high level thinking. Um, and I think that that is uh, very, very uh, makes a lot of sense. So I, 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 that's great. Now, I wanted to, again, obviously, we have limited time. And I wanted to talk to you a couple of things about the book. There was one thing in the book that I thought really had great impact for people universally. And that was you tell a story in this in the book. And we're talking today about martial art over 50, one man's dream, the inner aspect by James uh, Killingsworth. And you tell a story about having a difficulty with a form. We call Pumse, right? Uh, you were having difficulty with a form, having a breakthrough. And you were at a party and you did this demonstration. And I can you tell that the, the story in terms of what what's, what was really impactful to me was the critique that you received, and I think that that's an important uh, message for people in terms of of, of mindset. So I, you're familiar with what the, the the area that I'm going on this, right? So yes. if you can tell that 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 story. That would be great, and I think that that has great uh, impact for all martial artists. Well, okay, yes, uh, that was a, certainly a turning point in my life because. Um, the Grandmaster of American Taekwondo Association now is Grandmaster M.K. Lee. Yes. And way back then, in the early 90s, he was already a, uh, a, a fifth, a sixth degree black belt, a master. And his brother, a Master H.U. Lee, founded the organization a long time ago. Now, uh, 
our school was a, a fledgling school and uh, we had a tournament. It was the first, uh, Mr. Rogers was our, was our uh, first instructor and he had a tournament here in College Station and it was the first tournament. And so we participated in, my wife and my family did. And then afterward, uh, he invited us over to his house and MK Lee had come down to support the Rogers and to support the tournament and to meet his students, which is ATA people do that. The masters do that every, you know, for everyone. Uh, and so we were there and of course I we were all inhibited because here was this master, you sure. know, Taekwondo here. And, but it turned out to be a wonderful party. Mrs. Rogers made some, some Mexican cuisine and we had some sake. And uh, what I remember is uh, Master Lee, Mrs. Rogers brought out the sake and Master Lee went, no, 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 not, not hot enough. So Mrs. <laughs> Rogers went back in there and she came back out later and he tasted it. He said, no, 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 not hot enough. <laughs> she went back and then a third time and she brought it out. And he says, hmm, good. You know, funny. so we, we started talking and of course uh, I didn't realize, but this man had just hilarious jokes. He was a, just a fundamentally wonderful guy. And so I started laughing and, you know, it kind of got raucous drinking a little sake and, and I just started, I get kind of fun, you know, and my wife, you know, yeah. stop it to me, you know, <laughs> so, and then kind of settled down and, and I had this, we had just participated in the tournament and one of my friends, Bill, Bill uh, and Ruth Watson, I had fought Bill and he's just this big guy, strong, great physique and sidekick he just could knock you out of the ring and he did many times me you know and so my ball and joints were just hurting from from the fight and uh so uh I, I said you know I, I can't let this this moment pass because I didn't place in forms and I was doing red belt at the time and there was a certain segment that I always messed up on always right and so I said you know Master Lee uh, I'm, I'm having trouble with red belt form. Can you please help me out? And he said, let me see. So <laughs> the Rogers had a big giant macaw about four feet high. And there between the coffee table and the macaw, I did this uh, red belt form. And, you know, and I would do the things. And then we had a, a, a spin and a hook kick, round kick combination. And I always messed up on that. I lost my balance. And I, and so I did that and, and I sat down real sheepishly, you know, and, and he said, he looked at me and he says, you have a wrong attitude. And I said, what? And, and well, I didn't say what I said, it, it just hit me, hit me right here that I heard you had a good attitude or a bad attitude, right. but this wrong attitude. And he, he, he looked at me and, and looked at me and make sure he had my attention. And he said, you already have decided that you're going to do this wrong and you just try to get through it to go on to the rest of the form. That is wrong attitude. He said, you need to break down every move, every starting point, the, the, the movement and every ending point. And you need to practice that until it becomes perfection. 
He said, you need to get Mr. and Mrs. Rogers to do this form for you so you can see it in perfection. And he should always strive for perfection. And he said, you know, like, that is right attitude. um, Gosh, it just changed my whole life because that's how I did my whole life. My work, my play, uh, everything about the way I manifested with people is... uh, you know, I just kind of stumbled to it until I got to the part that I was comfortable to. And so uh, as the night went on, uh, we realized that this was a great man here and we all opened up to him and with our questions and his answers. Oh, by the way, he got up and did it. And my goodness, you know, uh, every move was so crisp, clean with his powerful snap at the end of it, perfect balance. You know, everything was so precise. And, you know, Sherry and I looked at each other and Bill and Ruth and I looked at each other and we went like, wow, man, it's like, gosh, you know. Sure. And so, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just think that that is a great, I've never heard it expressed that way, but it is such a great sentiment and it really does capture an important message for the martial art artist. And And I've heard it there's an article that was probably in our first issue that I had read years ago that I had uh, met up with uh, the author and asked him for permission to republish. And the author was about how to do the perfect sidekick. And one of the, the points of his article was that sidekick is the hardest kick to do, in his opinion. And the reason that people don't do it well is because they default to doing the kicks that they do well more often and avoid doing getting perfect at the kicks that they struggle with. And his position was, that's the wrong attitude. The right attitude is find the things that you do poorly, focus on those and do those a hundred times more frequently than you do the things that you do well. And I made the connection there saying like, those are really important lessons because in, like you said, in life, we tend to sometimes gravitate toward the things that are more comfortable for us and away from the things that are more difficult, but we would really elevate our game all the way around if we try to get over that hurdle and understand why we don't do that well and then and get over it. And I thought that that and, and calling it the wrong attitude, I thought your, your, your point on it was really well taken. I never heard anybody say that, but it really is a is a, a, a very, very enlightening way to think about things. Well, yeah, on that same line, you know, you have, in my opinion, you have horizontal development where you learn. You know, you learn all the forms, you learn how to spar, you know all the techniques, but every technique has a vertical development in it, like an infinite ability to develop that technique. And in order to be have some kind of excellence in martial art, you have to have vertical development in all the techniques that you do. And it's extremely difficult. And that's something I go over and over on my book and from different points of view. And getting that vertical development, that, re- that does something inside of you. It forms something inside of you that has force. And it helps you to, to take on things that are surface type things and penetrate their essence. And that's always been a big thing for me is, to, well, what's the essence of this? What, what evolves? What's the nucleus that this evolves around? And man, I tell you what, if you got a good sidekick, you wonder why people stay in 
six feet away from you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you just because this there is so much I want to talk about, but we're, we, we're, we're down to the last probably couple of minutes. You wrote this book, and it's a great book, and it's definitely a passion project, I can tell. But who did you write the book? When I say this, who is, did you write the book for? Did you write the book for yourself? Did you write the book for a specific audience? Did you write the book to be able to say, I, I just got to get this down on paper? Or what was the, what was the uh, impetus for writing the book at this, at, at this point of your life? Well, as you know, I started martial art in my late 40s. And I didn't even know if I could become a brown belt, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the whole difficulty of starting late in life is you've already crystallized a lot of your your habits and your physical body is crystallized in whatever profession you have. And now you're going into something totally different that really expands the envelope of your body and your intellect and also your feelings. and it's not easy because there, there, there are two things. Middle-aged and senior people are the most wonderful people to me because I think the reward for those people is really great, much greater than younger people in martial art because people of middle-aged and seniors, they have two obstacles to overcome. The first obstacle is all of the all of the problems of the experience of martial art, participating in martial art. And the second obstacle is, is all the problems associated with aging. And so there, I've known so many people my age and they're wonderful people, wonderful competitors and great friends. And they helped me raise my level of being. And I know that, that there were people that are coming after me and people now that are entering at this stage and I felt that I could help them in their ability to, to practice martial art safely without the injuries I had to go through. And what, you know, to help ex them excel to the level that they wanted uh, in pursuing their individuality in martial art. And those people are the most precious to me because you know, I understand what, what they, they've been through and what they're going through. And I wrote this specifically for them. But as you can see, even the principles themselves are, are, are valid for anybody in martial art, whether they practice it since youth or any rank, because some of the concepts in that book are a little bit different for some people. And then some of the concepts have gone into a little bit more deeply than the usual exposition. And so, you know, I had all this inside of me. I write from, from my experience. I don't take a bunch of information over here and then reorganize it and then spit it out over here in a different form. It all has to come from inside. And so that's, that's me, you know. That's wonderful. And one of the things that was interesting and, and it's sort of what connected us was that um, we recently interviewed someone that I, that, my grandmaster has a longstanding relationship with, which was Dana He, who was an Olympic gold medalist who trained with Grandmaster Park, who was the first U.S. Um, Olympic women's coach. Uh, she won a gold medal. She became a stunt woman. She recently released a book that we did a 
program on and then you in your um you had reference but it's in one of your uh in, in your sparring references you reference from her series on uh, chapter nine uh chapter nine taekwondo drills for modern competition sparring video by by dana he so the world is very and the martial arts community is very circular right it's a very closed loop we, we we're all over the world but there's a connection somewhere oh gosh dana he changed my life um, she brought together all the things, acceleration, explosiveness, plyometrics, and she did it, you know, and so, you know, she did it, she knew what she was talking about, and that video just propelled my level in martial art to a, a much greater than I, if I had never seen that, and by the way, if you talk to her again, tell her thank you from me. Yes, absolutely. I will. And I know she'll be touched by it. She's a wonderful, uh, really compassionate, wonderful woman and, and a great martial artist and, a, and a, 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 you know, a great she's made great contribution to the to the martial arts world. So um, now let's talk a little bit about the the currently what are you you're, you are currently still uh, training and teaching as well as doing as doing this or I, mean, I know COVID has sort of uh, changed it for a lot of people. So what's your current um, situation as it relates to the martial arts? Well, no, actually, I retired in, in 2015. All the goals, I, I, I either had to go become a master, which I was working full time as a pharmacist. It's real difficult to to go off all these trainings and, and sure there's a money aspect to it and time away from the family. And I, most people that go to become uh, masters are on their own schools. And I didn't. I've never made a dime off of, of Taekwondo. Sure. I, it's always been to, to raise my level of being as a human being. And so uh, we have a grandson and uh, he has a, an immune problem. And so he could not go to school. And so uh, for two days a week, uh, my wife and I helped his virtual schooling and part of his education, I thought, well, you know, I got a good, a good idea to teach him the basics of martial That's arts. Great. So, uh, you know, uh, it's just been a wonderful experience for me again, because I've learned how to, to relate with my grandson on an, in, on an intimate basis. And it's been so much fun because kids learn by having fun. Absolutely. And ATA is really good about that, man. They, they know, all these people know how to teach. And so uh, my, my grandson and I, in fact, uh, on my Instagram feed, I'm kind of putting out some of those little uh, videos now uh, for people that are interested in. But uh, it's just been a, such a wonderful thing to be able to be with my grandson and be so intimate with him. And Providing the basics, so if you know if a bully gets a hold of him or sure. something, you know, he'll at least have that inside of him, and uh, you know it will help him. And not only that, if if I could digress just for a little sure. bit, you know, people that go into and specialize into things when they're very young, like uh, I'm, I'm not being negative, but say uh, uh, golfer or something like that that dad's teaching him how to do a swing since he's three years old and stuff like that you know that's fine but you're going to get to a certain level where like again everything else is like well i can't do anything else right but martial art i think provides that basic broad and deep physical ability athleticism 
that it provides the foundation where if you want to go off into golf or you want to go off into baseball or football or whatever your your aim in is life, it's like this giant foundation that will never crack and you can go into it and do well. Right that's, then. That's know? absolutely true. I think that that's 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 very sound. And I think that the, the point you raise is that you talk about peeling back the onion, but there's a lot of layers. And in teaching martial arts with your grandson is the ability to have the, the family connection. There's the physical aspect. There's the self-defense aspect. And there's the self-confidence as, aspect and the aspect of self-actualization, which those skill sets, those tools, um, those gifts, you, you can utilize for, for anything, whether it be going out to play baseball later, whether it be in your in your workspace so i agree with you it is one of the uh the greatest uh and and most empowering things that people can do for themselves at any stage of their life and so many people you know and one of the things i love about this book and and again we're, we're in winding down we're talking about we're talking with james killingsworth about his book martial art over 50 one man's dream the inner aspect which will be available uh Shortly, it, it's available now for pre-order on Amazon, but you'll be able to get it anywhere that books uh, are sold. And we'll put a link in ours um, in in the show notes to this. Uh, but that so many people uh, I hear, I, I saw a woman actually on Saturday said, I, I just love what this has done for, for my children. I wish I had started as a kid and, and it's too late for me. And say, no, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> come on, come on out on the mat and let's, and, 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 you're, you're going to, you're not going to do it at their level. You're going to do it at your level. You're going to do it at your, at your, not at their speed. You're going to do it at your speed and it can be tailored to be very, very personal. And I, and I think that that's great. And I hope if, if, if that is one of the things that people get out of, out of your book, that that would be a positive thing that they say, Hey, you know, it, it's not too late for me to start. Uh, while we're here, I just want to put in a plug for my wife. She's always been my best sparring partner. That's great. Not only in Taekwondo, but in life. And <laughs> her sidekick has bruised my ribs so many times. That is you know, and it's it's so wonderful to have someone like that uh, with you and practice. And we would we would practice one day a week sparring, and you know each other. And it was it's still just uh, that's wonderful. It's that's one of the benefits of martial art, man. I mean, you, where else can you go and beat up on your wife and it's yeah, okay? <laughs> that's great. That, that's ter that is terrific. So I want to thank you for talking to us today. Um, uh, I, I look forward to hearing about uh, the progress and 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 how the book is, is received. And, and I look forward to, to speaking to you again in the future. So um, I wish you good health and safety, you know, in this crazy, crazy time. And as the world opens up, uh, I, I hope you're well and your family's well. And, and I thank you for sharing your book with us. And I thank you for sharing your time with us. Well, thank you, sir. And, you know, I hope your journey in martial art is as is, is wonderful, wonderful as mine was. And good luck to you, my friend. Thank you so much. I, I sincerely appreciate it. And I thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.